0: Hello Strat fans, Jimmy James here and this is Stratology, the show for and by students of Stratomatic. Today on the show, we'll talk a little tournament. On Strat Chat, I talk to Adrian Gabriel, the creator of the website Diamond Dope, an amazing tool for Strat players. And on Sir Strat, I think we have a great topic, especially for those in reoccurring leagues, trades. Few things put as much pressure on a league. Let's not delay. So sit back, grab your cards and dice, and let's roll.
1: Tournament play.
0: It's been two weeks since we've spoken about the mystery tournament. At that point it was a week until the end of the semifinals. I made a few predictions, so let's see how it ended, where it is now, and how those predictions were. At the end of the season, ten spots were set. Frankie thirty five, Grich, F. Aaron, Hollow Rose, Jimmy James two hundred nine, Master Moser fifty six, Lee three hundred, Yugoslavin jimmy c and rigged splits those 10 are in at that point the last two spots were still up for grabs between four teams adam katz emberati 76 pushpin 76 and moody mets so how are my predictions well the first five were pretty easy those guys were all in the next group i had Jimmy C., Adam Katz, Embrati 76, and Yugoslaven that I thought were on the right path. Two of those are in, and two of those are right on the line. My next thought was how would Jimmy James 209, Lee 300, and Rigged Splits do? Uh, they all did drop. In fact, Rigged Splits is really just right on the line and in by tiebreaker, So, but all three did drop their spots. Between the two that I thought might go up of uh, Pushpin76 and Killer Mark, Pushpin76 did, but Killer Mark didn't, and really one I did not see at all, Moody Mets. I really thought that they were just about out, but they went on a tear at the end of the season, and uh, they made it in. Over the last week, Event 5 had its first round of its playoffs. In League 1, Moody Metz beat Yugoslavin, and Pushpin 76 beat Hollow Rose. In League 2, Jimmy C beat F. Aaron, and Emberati 76 beat Grich. So, all three teams that were both on the line and in the playoffs won. And because of that, and because of tiebreakers, that leaves Adam Katz out of the finals. So at this point, we are down to 13 teams for the last 12 spots. And by next week, once these last two series are finished, the the finals in League 1 and League 2 of Event 5, we will know our final 12. Another thing that is happening this week is that those that are already in the 10 have started voting on what the specifics will be for that final league. They're voting on which set they'll use, the salary cap, whether or not they'll use a DH, whether or not they can use repeat stadiums, meaning can they use the same stadium they used earlier in the tournament, unique stadiums, if whether uh, two teams can have the same stadium, whether the divisions should be seated or random, and lastly, whether it should be an auto draft, a live draft, or a partial live draft. And we will let you know as soon as those results are in. Okay, back after this.
1: You're listening to the 365 Sportscast Network, the streaming future of Sports Talk Radio. Listen to us round the clock on the net over 365sportscast.com. On your phone with the 365 Sportscast app. And on your favorite smart speaker by enabling the 365 Sportscast skill and saying, play 365 sports. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of 365 Sportscast LLC, its owners and partners, or this network.
0: Hey guys, two cool announcements. First one, pre-orders have started for Stratomatic for the football, hockey, and basketball sets. So check that out. Next, you'll want to be with us next week because I'm interviewing John Garcia from Stratomatic. Okay, talk in a sec. And we're back with Stratchat. Today's guest is Adrian Gabriel. He is the creator of Diamond Dope, the amazing stratomatic tool that I know many of you use and the rest of you should be using. Thank you for being here, Adrian. Uh, my pleasure. Um, I was going to give a little explanation of what it was here at the beginning, but I will not do it justice. So can you just give us a quick explanation of, of what the website does?
2: Yeah. Well, uh, diamonddope.com is the URL. You know, I actually racked my brain for a URL um, and, you know, dope was something that they used a term they used to use in the old days, you know, for like stats and, and, you know, the, the straight dope and so forth. So diamonddope dope uh, came about from, from that because here I am, I'm disseminating the strat information. And basically it's a website that does that it? There's a help page that kind of explains things, and then the card reader uh, allows you to um, pick from well, really the ATG, the All Time Greats game, for the most part, the the hitters and the pitchers and what their card values are, and and, and also the different park effects. Uh, there's a DIY screen uh, that you can basically put in your own values, say for uh, cards that. Don't appear in the card reader. You can still get a sense of of how uh, well each card is, is stacked up, uh, and you can, in fact, uh, download that DIY tool as a desktop tool if you wanted to. You can do that on the help screen. Uh, there's a lineups page that basically allows you to take uh, a group of pitchers and hitters and and figure out the values for each ballpark. And then there's also a pool page, which allows you to basically uh, get all of the values for the players for a particular ballpark. There are some values that maybe aren't displayed, so um, it doesn't spell out everything for you. There's definitely underlying strat knowledge and and nuance that, that still helps you win, but it's a great resource to kind of break down card values and so forth.
0: I, I know a lot of guys that, that swear by it, Adrian. It's their go-to when they're setting up their teams, especially during uh, the tournaments, like, like the Barnstormers tournament. So, sure. so so when did you start playing Strat? Uh, for me, it was 2004. A friend of
2: mine, Clifton Parker, who is Hack Wilson on the, on the boards and a acclaimed baseball author himself, I reached out to him uh, when I moved to a new town in California, and he gladly reciprocated and um, brought his laptop and said, "Check this out." And he was playing ATG1, and uh, you know, I joined a league with him, and uh, you know, of course, I, I immediately I, I had to figure out. Well, I'm a programmer by profession, so you know, immediately I started. To, to figure out, you know, what is this game? How, how, does, it, how does it work? And and um, so my first team, without really doing a whole lot of research, won 91 games. So I'm thinking, oh, this is easy. I'm going to have no problem with this game. And then, you know, my subsequent teams fell on their face. And then I, I really had to dig into the game mechanics and and start to understand, you know, what, what everything meant. And so... Yeah, and and that kind of segues into where Diamond Dope came from, which is initially, you know, when I first got on into Strat, someone had put out a JavaScript tool that would actually read the card values. And what you do is you download that and then you could point it to a, a player card and it would extrapolate the values from the card into, you know, home runs, singles and so forth. And I thought, well what if I could do that on a website? What if I could just, instead of, you know, pulling up that information real time, store it in a database and just display it. And um, honestly, it it was, um, I just started a new job and uh, my family was about to go on vacation. So I I opted not to go on their vacation and instead stayed home and worked on Diamond Dope. And it literally was born of of like a, a weekend almost.
0: Wow, and,
2: uh, but but that was that was like the first iteration of it. There's been many kind of additions and subtractions throughout the years, uh, for sure. But uh, yeah, it's uh, kind of mind blowing to think it's been around since then. What year did
0: it start? Oh four. Oh four. Oh, you did it right after you started playing. That's right. Yep. Wow. You 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 dove in. You know full full right into the lake yeah you didn't you didn't wait in you dove right in
2: no for sure yeah and yeah it was something that i've always been a fan of baseball certainly and um if i had been introduced to strat earlier i'm sure i would have been into it much earlier so it was only through learning about it you know at that point in in my life and it, it was a good um segue into my kind of uh professional skills and so initially I built a, um, a tool that would, um, this was back when, you know, all the cards were displayed online and you could see all the the cards without actually logging in. So what I did is I developed a tool that scraped the sporting news website and stored out all the card data, the player data. So whenever there was a new release, you know, and that, that was starting in like ATG one and two, right. And, um, and whenever there was a new release, I'd run this program, and and it um, would grab all that data, and and yeah. So, um, but as uh, as the years went by, that information has become um, hidden for the most part to prying eyes and web servers. So um, I can't really scrape that data. So it's it's all crowdsourced now, basically. Um, whenever there's a new release, new players come out. Andy Cummings uh, on the, on the forums does a fantastic job helping me out, <clears throat> getting players, uh, new players, loaded in or um, corrected uh, if need be. But yeah, it's really a it's really a community effort right now.
0: We just take what we
2: have already and add add to it. Oh,
0: it's 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 a wonderful tool. Very cool. Do you play, uh, yeah, you, you played 365. Did you ever play card and dice or did you ever play on the computer? Um, I have played on the computer. I did play the
2: computer game a little bit. In fact, I ran a lot of simulations on the computer game, taking a team and just changing their defense and just running the simulations again and again and again and just seeing what the differences were in. And how the defense—if uh, you you know degraded the defense—what that meant to runs runs allowed. Um, it was interesting because you know it it matters. It, it definitely matters. Uh, I never did play the uh, card and dice though. Um, you know maybe w- when I get to the old folks' home, there'll be a guy there with a strap board, and uh, you know we can uh, we can play some ATG or or something like that.
0: So let's talk about the different, the different, uh, sections. Now, the first section is the card reader. That one you put in whichever card it is, and then you can put in the ballpark effect, and it breaks it down based on 100 plate appearances, right? The percentage of, of each. Well,
2: I mean, it's based on, it's based on the card. So 108. Played appearances. Okay.
0: Um, it's 108. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm um, glad I didn't I'm glad I let you de- describe it because I'm already making mistakes <laughs> there. <laughs> there Adrian C. So well,
2: and and yeah, when you when you do the card reader, you have a drop down for the game and right now you have ATG9, ATG8 and 1986. Those <laughs> are the games that are that are available. I don't know how many people are playing 86, but if you want to if you want to Go to town on it. It's that it's out there. And then there's a you can pick whether to show hitters or pitchers. You sort by salary or name. And then there's a drop down player drop down. And then once you select any any item from the drop down, it automatically refreshes. So I just picked Babe Ruth, um, 17.27 mil and ATG nine. So it brings up his um, team information, salary, defense, stealing, bunting, hitting, and running, running. And then also, um, you know, if you look at the breakdown, it shows you the numbers of bats, hits, doubles, triples, homers, walks, hit by pitch. And then it gives the batting average of the card. Now, um, some people might be confused and think that the player should hit that much, but that's what the card hits. Certainly you pair that with a pitcher and it it comes down a little bit. Um, And then, um, you know, Runs created, uh, batting runs, and something called NERP, new estimated runs produced. So a few different options as far as how you slice and dice the numbers. And then um, the the default option, ignore park effects, does just that. It actually treats the card as if there are no park effects. So it's not any place where you see the 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 homer chance or the single chance. It it, it is ignoring that. So if you pick a park let's say astrodome 99 then you'll see the numbers um adjust a little bit depending on certain factors now babe ruth's card doesn't adjust all that much because he has uh a lot of uh natural uh power and uh hits on that and walks on that card and then there's some groovy uh pie charts courtesy of google charts yeah it gives you a breakdown of of the card in terms of even to the number of GBA's, GBA pluses, fly B question mark You
0: know? Yeah, it really, it really breaks it down to where you can can really see how uh, how the parks really can affect it. I I used it on um, uh, Dusty Baker, and that's how I realized about how ballpark dependent many of his cards were. Because so many of his home runs are home run checks. So if you have him in the Astrodome, he's not very good. But you put him in Fulton County Stadium and he's going to hit probably better than the card. You know? Right, right. You know, th- those years that he was in in Dodger Stadium. So, you know, you you put one of those Dodger years back in the other ballpark he used to be in. He could get forty home runs, even though he only had twenty on the card. And I mean, you could really see that using this, and that was one of the things that I I had noticed. And then
2: you yeah. would. Hmm? Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, Strat definitely illustrates some of those things—the inner workings of baseball, generally, um, park effects, certainly, um, and um, clutch, and uh, um, any number of of things that are sort of hidden from from your typical baseball broadcast.
0: And then, then the next section is the the do it yourself section. So that's basically if you want to use this for using the the yearly set, you could bring your guys over and could could work those numbers out for using it on the like the you know, the two thousand twenty set or something like that.
3: Yeah,
2: there's a lot of clicking involved, but um, basically the idea is you pick the positive values, the hit, double, homer walk, hip pitch and GBAs, you put those in there, and then you could you could leave the GBAs out or, or not, but they do affect uh, some of the calculations. And then, yeah, it, it, uh, it's basically DIY. It's a, a way for you to, those cards are not represented in the card reader. It allows you to go ahead and input that for yourself, maybe get some baselines on some, some guys that you wouldn't be able to get with the card reader. And actually, if you go to the help screen, and scroll down a little bit it um it's a little descriptor there for diy as the name implies do it yourself and then there's a link there diy offline and then clicking the link will automatically download a stripped down html version you can put on your desktop so you could actually run it without being connected to the internet Ooh, very cool yeah yeah
0: it's all manual
2: it's it's definitely diy (laughs)
0: yeah but but you could then use it for the this tool for for other sets even other than the the atg 8 9 or sure yeah
2: well i mean if you play an atg if you play an atg uh definitely use the card reader uh certainly but let's say there's a A new um, ATG 10 comes out and, uh, you know, we got some new cards and maybe the site isn't updated, but you still want to see how they are, you know, might perform. So yeah, go to the DIY section and and put those guys and, and then you can get your, your numbers that way.
0: Or, or it could be like uh, you're like debating between two guys in, the, in in a yearly set and you're like, oh, do I want this guy or I want that guy? Yeah, maybe you don't put the whole team in, but you're like, I can compare these two cards at least. I mean, uh, you
2: know, there, there's, there's also no substitute for reading the cards as well. You know, you really should know how to read the cards even without using Diamond Dope. But if you're sitting there doing the calculations by hand,
0: you know. Why not <laughs> why not just
2: have the numbers
0: yeah exactly now the next page and this one intrigues me is the lineup I really think that's very cool. yeah the idea was to um, it's
2: it's effectively a stripped down card reader with multiple players so it allows you to pick up to five starting pitchers so if they have a starting, um, indicator five relief pitchers if they have a relief indicator uh, and then a catcher first second third short left center right and then a dh you can pick from anyone effectively but the idea is to put together a you know a group of guys and then um, you can hopefully you know get a sense of of how that team might might perform and and uh, if if in fact they're maybe a
0: good a good fit for your park and and who isn't a good fit for your park yeah definitely now does it work if you have if you have a four man rotation or a five man rotation do you just leave that fifth spot empty oh sure yeah um
2: it's just giving you totals at the bottom and then it'll give you it'll give you the number of hits and, and extra bases uh, walks batting average on base slugging and then it'll give you that total for the team so, you know, sometimes you might only want to know that for your pitchers or your starting pitchers or, you know, a couple of offensive players, you, you could just fill out a couple of slots and, and it'll just look at those players.
0: I've done it before where I put in where I had a team that had a lot of platoons and I put both teams in just to kind of see if there was weaknesses, if that makes sense. If there was going to be places that it was really going to dip down because I was spending a lot less on lefties than I was on righties. Uh, Is there is there any other way to do it where there's a platoon or is that the way I was doing it, the best way to do it, where you just put it each and compare them against the opposite hand?
2: You know that's probably the best way. Um, originally, only had hitters, and then eventually pitchers were added. Um, I mean, if you want to compare two players, you can do it with using one as the DH and the other as as a for their position. Uh, but yeah, probably what you had suggested was the best way, which is one input the other. I mean, if if you have if you have a strong you know platoon where you're platooning you know every position maybe. Uh-huh. But if you're just platooning a couple guys, you know, you, you do it one way and then you pick the guys and then uh, do it the other way.
0: Okay, then the, the pool, that's where uh, you recommend using ex- Excel, correct? Absolutely.
2: Um, what this does, you pick a ballpark and it will display for you um, all the values. And effectively what you should do is copy all and then paste into a spreadsheet. And um, it might bring over some artifacts of the HTML, some images and so forth. So you might wanna do another copy of just the data into another tab, into another spreadsheet. And from there you can slice and dice it as, however you want to.
0: And I think there's one more little piece is the, uh, where the uh, Pythagorean record, where you can figure that out.
2: Yeah, I, I believe the uh, Pythagorean record
0: originated with Bill James, and basically
2: he uh, realized there was a correlation between runs scored and runs allowed. So, record. So basically, you put in your runs scored, your runs allowed, and the number of games played, and you get your your record. You leave the games played blank. You get your win percentage. And um, and yeah, it's a way to kind of figure out um, are you underperforming? Are you overperforming? very cool it's on it's on the um the help page so if we look at the any of the calculations used in the website should be listed on the web page on the help page i mean
0: very cool i see it right see it right there there's the calculation right there very cool so 17 years that is a long time for this to be around and doing this adrian that is that's a commitment for for quite a while
2: well, you know, um, like I said, I haven't been deeply involved in, in uh, playing Strat for a while. Um, and, and there's not a lot that I do in terms of development. A lot of what was developed was developed many years ago, and it, was, it just continues to run, knock on wood. So uh, I'm hopeful it will continue to run without much uh, interference from me. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of mind blowing to think
0: uh, started back in '04, and how many people that have used it over the years and are still using it today in uh, setting up their regular leagues teams and in the tournaments. Well, sure, yeah.
2: and and uh, yeah, I, I did also want to point out it uh, did attract the attention of Hal Richmond, and um, and that's why you see at the bottom the little Stratomatic copyright used by permission um <laughs> they they said uh it's okay if you uh if you do this um but put that at the bottom or put that on your webpage and uh and then it'll be a, it'll be kosher so wow.
0: very yeah. cool well yeah, yeah they're they're a wonderful company and it's it's like you said before it's a wonderful community
2: absolutely absolutely we um i mean on on the old forums you know we were Having events in Las Vegas and, and, you know, having get togethers and you know, those are good times.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, they still face they still of the live tournaments and they're still doing a national champion every year. So it's definitely alive. And sure, I sure. And, and, and I think it's, uh, I think it's in kind of a, a, a resurgence right now. I mean, a little bit with the fact that everybody was kind of locked away. Yeah. But. Yeah. You know, uh I have friends that played fantasy baseball that switched over to it because they didn't have fantasy baseball. And then once they started playing Strat 365 and they could have that many teams and in that many eras, they're like, oh, fantasy baseball ain't like what I thought it was, you know, because it, <laughs> it, in some ways it doesn't compare, you know. I mean, in some ways it's very cool because it's about the modern day player, but then you can also have that with Strat too, so... Yeah, absolutely. So, thank you so much for for being with us, Adrian. I I really yeah. appreciate it, and I and I really do. I do mean it when I think this is a, a great tool that uh, I'm glad uh, the community has. Well,
2: thank you very much. I appreciate uh, being invited, and thanks for thanks for the shout out.
1: You're listening to the 365 Sportscast Network, the streaming future of Sports Talk Radio. Listen to us round the clock on the net over 365sportscast.com. On your phone with the 365 Sportscast app. And on your favorite smart speaker by enabling the 365 Sportscast skill and saying, play 365 sports. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of 365 Sportscast LLC, its owners and partners, or this network. Strat of the Round Table.
0: Today on Sir Strat of the Round Table, we have Sir Charles, Sir Peter, Sir Dave, and with his first time with us today, Sir Tony. Hey, Sir Tony, how are you doing?
4: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah,
0: Yeah, why don't you give us just a little bit of background. Uh, When did you start playing Strat?
4: Started with the dice game back in the early to mid 80s with uh, Dave that's in this panel today and two other buddies. And we had a four team league where we kept our own stats, of course, you know, and uh, it was, it was good. We, we, we kept the same players year after year. We, we drafted a couple teams, you know, there was two odd teams out. So it was, I think the Padres and the Royals that we would draft every year and we just keep it going. We kept it going for, for a good while. And then after some years had passed, a buddy of mine had formulated a, a 365 league. Right with 12 teams, which Dave was a part of that too. So after a while, I'm more from the Dice game, waited a few years, and then went into the 365 game. It's fun. It really is. It's a really nice hobby.
0: Oh, I agree. I agree. Okay, guys. The big topic today is trades. There's uh, – I, I, it's, I think, can be something that can be divisive. I think it's something that can be uh, – but I think it can be a very beneficial part to a league. So, uh, first question to go around with you guys, what makes a good trade, right? Why don't we start with you, Tony, since, since you're new with us today?
4: Well, I think what makes a good trade, I've always looked at it from a different set of eyes. If I benefit from that, I don't really care what I give up. Just so when I benefit from that, it helps me. I think a good trade should help both teams, right? I think that's how you measure a good trade is does it help both teams. Now, I think we're going to hear a couple different opinions on that later in this cast. But uh, that's why I think, you know, as long as I get out of it what I need, you know, that helps me win, then I'm happy with that. Like if I have to give up something to get something, I'm okay with that too, right? So, yeah, that's what I think makes up a good trade for me.
0: What about
3: you, Sir Charles? I mean, a good trade? I mean, I'm a competitive player. I want to win the trade. I want to get the best of. I want to get better value than I'm giving up. But that being said... I, sometimes I don't even propose a trade if I feel it's a total ripoff on my side, because I figure there's no way that my opponent's going to really accept that. And I, I think I should probably just throw it out there anyway, because you never know who might accept what. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's for me, that's a good trade. And, uh, you know, that, that looks good on the surface. It seems fair, yet I know that it's helping my team more than it's helping my opponent because I have to face that opponent.
0: Well, and, and what you said about maybe you might as well, you know, one time I was trading with somebody and uh, my goal was really to get their third pitcher down. And so I offered at their second starter thinking, oh, they'll say, oh, that's too much. How about this guy? And then they just took the took the other guy and they they were willing to give me the second starter for it. And I was like, hey, I even made out better than I planned on. So I think a lot of times it's worth the risk, at least at least the ask. And on the flip
3: side, though, it's it's always like if someone says, hey, um, I'm interested in one of your players. They never offer anything that either I can use or is worth anything. You know, it's like don't offer me but don't don't offer me things that are worthless, like and don't try to sell me on cards that are bad cards. But you're telling me that's good. It's like being in a courtroom. Listen to the facts about the cards. Don't listen to the attorney. Yeah,
0: very cool. Okay, right. what what about you, Peter? Yeah. What do you think constitutes a good trade?
5: Like I said, a lot of you know you guys know me. So what makes a good trade for me, in my opinion, is makes my team better and makes the team I'm trading with worse. And I really, really want, specifically, uh, a lot of times I will pull a player, a need player, for example, a middle relief pitcher. I will pull him and I will make a trade for him because I know other teams are trying to get him. So I'll just pull him out of the pool so he won't even be available. won't necessarily always need him, but my goal is to win. And if it's not always having the best player, it's also making sure that the other team doesn't have the best player. So that's a lot of the times how I approach trades.
0: Mm. Very cool. But what about you, sir, Dave? What do you think constitutes a good trade? Well, for me personally, I
6: rarely trade at all. Sometimes in the preseason I will. um, But um, I could probably count on one hand how many times I've traded in all the years I've been in the league and playing strato. I guess that for me, the good trade would be um, to better my team. I don't really care. I I kind of feel like I know what I'm giving up. And I'm not going to trade unless I know what I'm giving up. So whatever that player does otherwise is not going to not going to be relevant to me um, because, if I again, if I'm going to make the trade, I know what I'm giving up and so I know what I'm getting. So that's the way, way I'm going to look at it. I don't care what the, what the player does after that because none of that will drive me crazy. And uh, also in a 24-team league, it's a little bit different trading because, you know, in a 12-team league, you, you will face that guy a lot more. But in a in a, a uh, twenty four team league, you don't face the guys as much, so it's a lot more spread out. But um, yeah, that that's the thing. I I just look at what it does for me. I don't really look at it um in a uh, like what it does for somebody else. So it's um that's the way that's the way I look at it. So and plus I don't um when I get a trade offer, I know some many people do this. If if it's not fair, I, I suggest everyone just hit the decline button and move on, and don't take it personally.
4: He tells me that all the time, guys, and I take them personally. I get really mad when I get ripped off or get it. I don't make the trade to get ripped well, off. It's really it really bothers weird. me that, like, I'm insulted by it or something. Dave, yeah. is that correct?
6: He takes it like a personal attack on his entire character and and being. You know, I right? do that all you know, the, the like time. Just, just hit decline and move on.
4: <laughs> Early this season, when you offered Jim Messias and for Jim Sundberg, I got a little bit. I got a little bit personally attacked with that, James.
5: there used to be a guy uh, I used to play with and I traded with him a a couple of times and I got the, the much better end of two trades with this guy. And finally I proposed him proposed him a trade. And he uh, sent me a, like a message via Facebook, basically like, don't ever contact me again. You know, (laughs) I know you're trying to swindle me. Like you took advantage of me once and then, you know, just, just leave me alone and stop. And then he ended up accepting the trade like two days later. Like,
6: One of the other reasons I don't trade is because um, I think there's enough free agents out there to help your team, and you can help your team internally as well. Yeah. So that's another reason.
5: Well, and know. then oh, also one of the controversies that I've encountered is, and actually, we actually we've had it in our league is if you do not like a trade, decline it. Don't let it sit there because. Somebody proposed me a trade. I wasn't quite sure I wanted to make the deal. And I made the deal like 10 days later. And I clicked accept. And he got upset. And he's like, you know, he just, he thought I swindled him. I said, well, you know, sorry, man. Like, was on the table. I wanted it. And I, I pulled the trigger. So, uh, I mean, I think a lot of people will shy away from trades for, because they want to avoid that interaction. They don't want to feel like you got taken advantage of. You know, you're in a league with friends and suddenly somebody says, how could you do that trade? What are you, an idiot? Well, you know, and, and then suddenly, you know, somebody will look at you like you're a pariah in the league. And, and and you know, I, I've had that, you know, I've had that issue, not just with this league of other leagues, like everybody starts to say, you know, you took advantage of our friend here. Well, you could have just hit the climb. Well,
3: I think it's important to note, too, with trades is know who your trade opponent is. For example, like Sir Tony will only trade for defense one or twos. Um, Yep, that is true. And other folks will only trade balanced salary, regardless of how fair the trade is. And other players don't care if it's salary, as long as, you know, they know the cards better. And as long as, you know, they're thinking that, you know, it's a better match. So. You know, I don't like to waste my time considering trades to improve my team if I know I'm kind of going into the unfriendly zone of an opponent.
5: Yeah. Well, I know I just won't trade with you because you won't listen to my, you know, my BS. Like you won't – I can't sell to you because you'll know. You're like, no, you're just full – you know, you're full of it. Like I'm not going to take your, you know, your – your your worst Ken Griffey Jr. card because he may hit a home run against lefties every 300 bets. (laughs) bats.
3: I'm not, yeah, Peter, I'm not going to buy a car from you, nor will I accept your bet in court relief pitcher card.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for that. Go ahead, Dave. Here it is. Well, I mean, I mean, that's, so that's, yeah, that's the trade that sort of sparked my whole uh, interest in this topic. That was, that was the, that was the, 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 the infamous, trade that sent our group it was uh so what did i traded i had uh i traded rafael Betancourt, who was my middle relief uh for eric gagne who ended up being on his best season his i think it was his mvp season right he won the mvp that uh, year on
6: his third at the 0. 0.86 card
5: yeah 0. 0.86 one card of
6: his three best card
5: and, and, and it started out very, very much, hey, what do you think about this card? You know, Betancourt's just underperforming. I sort of sold it. And I just proposed it. And there was – he, the other player just accepted it. And suddenly, don't you know, it became this, wow, like how can you do this? And, and, and I mean, it, it achieved every single one of my goals. It made everyone <laughs> – it made everybody else in the league – Less, not as good as, you know, I had the best bullpen in the league. Everybody else was was worse as compared to mine. And I greatly improved my team. And I basically took another team and made him completely uh, unable to compete. So there is one less team that I have to worry about when I want to make the playoffs. And it, 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 it sort of threw the entire league into, yeah, it, you know, picking sides. It was, uh, it, was yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was interesting. Absolutely. One of the reasons I brought that up because normally
6: I I don't bring bring it up unless yeah. and this one was blatant. Um, and it ended up being Betancourt's one thirty six card. Yeah, uh, that went and that went that went head to so, head. That means what I mean one to one. It was one to I mean, one. So and the key was, um, the TV you, you traded with was twenty and forty six. So they're out of it, you right. know. Um, whereas you're a first place team. So that was that was like if you tried to make this trade with another contender. I'd be fine. Fu- you know, I'd be like, all right, fine. If they want to give away going, yeah, go ahead. But the fact that it was, it was this, and by the way, I'm not blaming you for it. I think <laughs> no, 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 yeah. it more on the other side, the people giving it away because he could have just hit the climb. And, and here's the thing. I mean, I know I hear that, that, um, well, if he wants to do it, he can do it and that's fine. But um, I think for the good of the league, if we see something as blatant as this and the thing about it is, is that that, these were both relievers. So his best reliever, Gagne, was on his best, one of his three best cards. We knew that. His best reliever, he's going to trade for another reliever who's clearly worse. That makes no sense in any way, shape, or form. In any, it, you know what I mean? In any, now if he trades for a hitter or a starting pitcher or something like that, and be like, okay, that makes sense. You know, he got, he got, he got, he has to get more hitting or pitching or something because what do you close on a losing team for? You know, but. The fact that he took the same position and made it clearly worse, and obviously by far, that was what I when I looked yeah. at that, I'm like, this this isn't right. Well, so you, that's you, why I think well, when you we should you step in and just say, wait a minute, you can't do this. You got well, to get
3: You can't fix you can't fix stupid, as they say, yeah. right? Yeah. So like. How do you police that? Because it wasn't collusion. He wanted to make the trade. It just was a bad trade. And we can't police or
5: babysit bad players because they're bad players or they made a bad deal. Yeah. So you brought up a good point. So when I propose trades, when I look, when I start looking for trades, I, I start searching for the last place teams. Those are the guys who probably A aren't very good players, right? Uh, there, maybe they're just, you know what? I'm going to try my luck and just try something and try to mix it up. And, you know, I mean, a first, why would a first place team, I mean, you know, it, it, Tony's in first place right now. Why would he mess up a winning formula, you know, I mean, and mess up that quote unquote team chemistry? Um, I mean, you go to this last, <laughs> you go to the last place teams and you try to, you know, you try to just, just like in baseball. I mean, I mean, I grew up, you know, in the Yankee, Yankees in the 90s, they would cherry pick all the worst players from the, you know, from the Royals and and, and the Pirates and, and, and all these, these bottom feeders at the time. That's how they were the farm system. That's how I go about trades to start, because the guy in last place is probably going to give it up. And he may not, you know what, he also may not look at his team and he may just open his email and say, oh, wow, somebody wanted to talk to me, click accept. And that's, it just happens. So that's how I go about it. And I understand the competitive balance, you know, issue. But if you had made that trade, if somebody else had made that trade, I wouldn't have. I, I would have been mad that I didn't think of it first. That's really where I. That's really where I go. I mean,
3: yeah.
6: And that's the thing we're looking, from where we look at it. That's I'm I'm kind of looking at it for the good of the, the entire lake. And that's but like MLB thing though. I I understand what you're saying there, but that's kind of irrelevant because that's yeah. You can trade for next season and so on. This, these are all mutually exclusive seasons, so yeah, you can quote the future. But um, yeah, and and that's that's, I guess what it is is that if it's so blatant, I mean, like uh, Tim, you said that um, you know how do we police it? It's just on these blatant ones, these these completely ones that are they're so ridiculous. Obviously, the team that traded you didn't look into it and say, hmm, is this a fair trade? No, he just probably hit accept. So if we could deal with it that way, we could just say, okay, well, he did it. So that's it. You know right. what I mean? Game over. That's the way it goes. And, and the one thing I don't want is that that happening more and more and more. And then, you know, like people right. like, oh, okay, well, I'm out of it. So here, here you go. You want my starting pitcher? Go ahead. Just give me anybody you want, you know, and stuff like that. So that's right. it. And I,
5: and I think so. I think the thing about it is, is that I'm always going to propose those trades. But yeah. I think the benefit of having somebody like me in the league and somebody like you in the league is great because you, mm-hmm. you, you, you raise the red flags. And I'm like, this is, hey, man, this is, this is crap. Like you made a stupid deal. So what you've also done is you've also kind of alerted some people who may not be alerted and they may not be as receptive to trading with me. So, you know, it's effective that way. I mean, it, it screws me up a little bit, but for the most part, so it also forces me to have to be fair. I mean, I don't like to be fair. I have, I've only made two trades since because I, I couldn't, you know, unload my crap for something good. Um, but so, I mean, that's effective. I mean, the way of policing it is basically by, you know, speaking up. I mean, I, again, I don't take a, I didn't, I never took offense to it. I, you know, I took it personally for like the fur like, Oh my God, this guy thinks I'm trying to, and then I realized no, he just, He's just yeah, mad yeah. because he doesn't want you know he doesn't want the league to be this top heavy league where we pick again,
6: on. Once again, we I can't reiterate enough is that the the records where people were in the standings was a was a big part. Of
5: yeah, it. yeah, well, and again, yeah, that's just where you and I see it completely different. Yeah. I mean, I will pick on the, for lack of a better term, I don't want to sound like this heel here, but I'll pick on the the less informed and the teams that I think have nothing to lose by trading away teams and. Uh, You know, there was another, there was another uh, trade I made. I made two pretty big trades in our our season where we did the 1999 season. Uh, It was the league, actually, it was the season I chose because I had won the year before. I had to throw that in there, by the way. Um, But, uh, uh, you know, I made two big trades and there was a big deal. Uh, Eric Milton was uh, one of the top pitchers in the league at the time. And I ended up giving up like Steve Paris and Warren Morris and Ron Gant, really some middle-level players that weren't doing much for me. And I got one of the top starters, and everybody sort of said the same thing. And I knew I was proposing three guys that meant nothing to me and probably weren't going to help out the other team. But it, it ended up becoming, well, you, how, but how do you, again, how do you police that? How do you tell somebody, well, hey, man, you made a really bad trade. I mean, that's, you know, you're also walking the fine line of now, I mean, people may not want to play in your leagues because, oh, God, I'm afraid to make, I'm, I'm afraid to make a, a move or they're going to chastise me. Uh, or they quit.
3: We, the season before we had a collusion right. deal and uh, we, I had to write to the Stratomatic email and they reversed right. the trade and they agreed based on their rules. Their, their rules basically say is you can't. Basically, you can't uh, just, you know, ditch your team and make bad deals right. and drop good players. It's part of their competitive rules for competition. And the guy that got reversed, who had totally colluded and got in the bedroom, ended up saying, I'm not playing yeah. with you. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, I think intent comes into this. And I think once you bring up the collusion part, it's, and there's, and there's two sides to every contract. You know, there's Peter is asking for that, and 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 uh, for for that trade. But then somebody else, like we said, is accepting it. You know, the the question is where along that line off of the experienced players. You know, because there's oftentimes in a league there's a a, a real variety of experienced players, and if you've got a guy that's only played one or two seasons of Stratomatic ever. That can be very easy to take advantage of. And then I think I have a different opinion off of that one. If, then, if I is compared to a guy that's been playing this for a year or two years, and then I'm more like buyer beware. It And, and, and I agree as well. And I, you know, we, we, we make,
5: we make jokes about it, but I mean, I also, I'm a pretty knowledgeable player. So I'll, talk myself into some of these trades and i'll explain you know hey and i'll go to the battlefield betting court i mean hey like i did my you know i did my analysis i really think it's this card i think gagne is on his best card but yada 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 i don't think you're going to be able to play him right you're you you need middle relief you don't need a closer and i i didn't necessarily lie to him i was pretty upfront. the betting court card Ended up, I missed it, it. It was the it was the worst of the two cards I thought it was, but I mean, I I wasn't noticeably deceptive. And again, I I I submitted the trade to him, knowing he would decline it, and then he just accepted it. Yeah, and so good for me. Uh, uh, you know, that's but. There's again, no, if it's intentional, like do. if you if you know there's somebody who doesn't know how to read the mystery cards, and you blatantly lie to somebody and said, "Hey, I know there. I had an injury reveal, and this is his best yes. season," and you know blatantly, it's not. I'm not okay with that. I didn't. You know, there was no. I've never. I've never intentionally deceived somebody. Right. Uh, you know. Again, I can talk right. somebody into this. Uh, what can I do to get you into this card today? I've done quite a bit of that. But you know, well, and it's
0: the intent also on the other side. Like Dave was saying, if the guy's twenty and forty-five, and his intent is to get better, yeah, and he just does it in a poor way, yeah, yeah, Yeah. that shouldn't be that that shouldn't be. But if on the other side he's ditching those guys because he's hacked off because oh, I've lost nine in a row. Yeah. Now he's affecting the league and it becomes very easy for the league to be warped. Yeah.
5: yeah.
0: Okay, that ends part one of this roundtable on trades. Next week we will have the second half of it. A big thanks to all of our roundtable guests. <laughs>
1: You're listening to the 365 Sportscast Network, the streaming future of sports talk radio. Listen to us round the clock on the net over 365sportscast.com. On your phone with the 365 Sportscast app. And on your favorite smart speaker by enabling the 365 Sportscast skill and saying, play 365 sports. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of 365 SportsCast LLC, its owners and partners, or this network.
0: And that is all for our show today. A big thank you to Adrian Gabriel from DiamondDope.com. Thank you to all of our round tables, Sir Peter, Sir Charles, Sir Dave, and Sir Tony. To the regular cast of characters, Andrew Berkham, Joaquin Lewis III, Jimmy Dees, Carolyn Snyder, and the music man Jeff Texon. All the music today was written and produced by Jeff. If you like the show, tell your friends. Find us on social media. Follow or like, whichever is appropriate. Rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Check out our website, www.strat-o-logy.com. Phone us at 855-888-0096. Thank you guys for listening. Hey Jeff, can you play us out? Listen to us every Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, on 365 Sportscast Streaming Radio. Same Strat time, same Strat channel.
1: You're listening to the 365 Sportscast Network, the streaming future of Sports Talk Radio. Listen to us round the clock on the net over 365sportscast.com. On your phone with the 365 SportsCast app. And on your favorite smart speaker by enabling the 365 SportsCast skill and saying, play 365 sports. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of 365 SportsCast LLC, its owners and partners, or this network.